This is a European Journal of Vascular and Endovascular Surgery editorial. Major Sources of Bias by Drs. Lawrence Muley and Florian Dick Even under ideal conditions, clinical research is threatened by typical flaws that may seriously affect the validity of study findings. It is crucial for both investigators and readers to be aware of these threats and their adverse effects on data interpretation and generalizability of findings. The two most important flaws are bias and confounding. While both may creep in subtly, they entail fundamentally different effects on study validity. Therefore, correct interpretation of reported findings requires a clear understanding of these flaws. The first part of this editorial aims to introduce the principal types of bias that may typically affect clinical research. The second part will deal with the concept of confounding. Bias can be defined as any process at any stage of inference that tends to produce results or conclusions that differ systematically from the truth. For instance, a meta-analysis that only includes studies reporting positive treatment effects but ignores studies with negative findings is intrinsically in no position to evaluate the real treatment effect, and thus biased. Importantly, bias must not be confused with random errors, which appear unpredictably, that is, unsystematically, and even out across samples. In contrast to bias, their impact can be reduced by increasing the sample size. Selection bias is probably the best-known type of bias affecting generalizability. It refers to any selective difference between study groups or between the study population and the real world. Although differences between study groups may very well be addressed by randomized controlled trials, the restrictive inclusion and exclusion criteria often limit representation of the real world within the trial. Therefore, it is always important to contemplate whether the study population is really representative and whether the study design may have introduced an unfair balance between groups. An example is that a randomized clinical trial investigating abdominal aneurysm repair in men will lead to management recommendations that cannot simply be extrapolated to women. Information bias refers to inadequate registration of data, for example, patient characteristics or outcome events, and has also been called measurement or classification bias. Although data recording may always be affected by imprecision, Systematic differences, for instance due to unblinded and potentially prejudiced outcome evaluation in favour of the interpretation compared with the control group, may lead to flawed findings. Blinding, whenever possible, and standardised assessment protocols are the most effective guard against information bias. Recall bias is a specific form of information bias and renders to systematic differences in patients' abilities to recall certain events or symptoms. For instance, in case control studies, affected subjects that were exposed to the factor of interest may be more likely to remember specific circumstances of their medical history than controls that were never exposed. 
another source of recall bias may arise from variable intensity of surveillance programs. If, for any reason, follow-up intervals are shorter in one group, the recollection of events may be more accurate than in the control group with longer follow-up intervals. Attrition bias is probably the least known and thus most underestimated form of bias. It refers to an even loss of follow-up information due to differences in follow-up completeness. Obviously, unaccounted follow-up periods, for example, patients not returning for follow-up, will lead to underestimated outcome rates. Therefore, if a group with poor outcome is more often lost to follow-up, the treatment may appear better than it is. Nonetheless, follow-up completeness is rarely measured or reported, leaving the risk of attrition bias obscure. Of note, attrition bias is only introduced after the study inclusion or randomization. Therefore, it may affect any study design, not only retrospective observations. A predefined study end date with cross-sectional and complete follow-up provides the best protection against attrition bias. At the least, completeness of follow-up should always be declared per study group using summary follow-up indices. Finally, publication bias refers to the risk associated with the publication process, where authors are more likely to submit and journals are more likely to accept and publish positive results rather than negative findings. Thereby, the apparent benefit of a treatment may be unfairly inflated by biased meta-analysis. In conclusion, reported differences between treatment groups must always be pondered against four potential scenarios. One, is it just a random variation within the sample, that is, chance finding, quantified by p-value and affected by study power? Two, is there a hidden systematic flaw in patient selection or data collection which may limit applicability of the finding, that is, any type of bias? Three, is there an unaccounted confounding factor that may cause the effect in reality and not the treatment? Misinterpretation due to confounding is discussed in the second part of this editorial. And four, the treatment effect is real. Therefore, the method section of any article should always be scrutinized for, and ideally provide, all critical information for fair assessment of bias and confounding. More in-depth information may be found in specialized literature, such as Epidemiological Studies, A Practical Guide, by Silman and MacFarlane, published in 2002. The complete reference for this editorial is European Journal of Vascular and Endovascular Surgery, Year 2018, Issue 55, page 736.